What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio. Transmitting from the future free state of Greater Idaho, I am the one-armed madman. And with us today, out of China, we've got Tim Doyle in the house. Tim, how we doing? Nick, I'm doing very fine. Thank you very much for inviting me. You are welcome. You are welcome. Well, Tim's an expert in all kinds of stuff, but instead of going through a, a, a long bio... Let's uh, let's jump right into it. I've got a question for you. So I live up here in Idaho and in, in Western Idaho, and we've got us. It's, it's a beautiful place. Last night, I saw one of the most beautiful sunsets I've ever seen right outside of my window and in, in the front yard. And then we had a full moon and, you know, I'm laying on the couch at night. I'm tired. I'm getting ready to go to bed. And I go, you know what? I'm going to go out in the hot tub tonight. And I go out in the hot tub. And right away, I look at the moon and I feel energized. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm awake again. We got a full moon. Everything's bright. I can see. And then my dog comes out. My dog, once the sun goes down, he's done. He, you know, he doesn't want to mess around the hot tub, but he's out there hanging out. We're both looking at the full moon. What do you think's going on with the full moon? What is it, what is it doing to people that just kind of energizes us? Interesting question there, uh, uh, Nick, because supposedly the moon is artificial. It was created by extraterrestrials. Um, it's there, I guess, it regulates our tides. Mm-hmm. And it does affect the emotional, um, not that I would know, but so they say, the emotional, um, it does something to people to bring up their emotions. There's a lot of crime at the time of the full moon where people just lose control of their, um, their, their discipline habits. So I don't know, Nick. It's an I, interesting uh, <laughs> thing. And, you know, I had always heard that, too. Like, there's more crime in, on the full moon. Things are happening. People are out. And so I looked it up today because I was planning on asking you this question. And it seems like a lot of money and a lot of science has gone into saying that that is not true, which I thought was interesting because – it just, seem, it just seems like something that makes sense. You can see if you're going to go out and you're going to rob somebody or you're going to commit some type of crime, it's going to be a whole lot easier to do it when it's daylight out, essentially, under the full moon. So I just thought that was interesting that it seems like a whole lot of science has gone. When you, when you bring up something on Google and like the first five clicks are debunked, 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 I typically think something's going on. <laughs> Well, Nick, let's just say that the full moons do affect the tides, true? Absolutely. All right. So in a person, um, the tides affect the water. And in people, emotions relate to water. So, it, you know, whether they debunk it or not, I think that there is a possibility that the water do does rise within a person um, mm, interesting. Their emotions when when the full full moon comes. I like think a, it, like I a think tide within your body. Exactly. Interesting. I think it does. And now I think I mean that's kinda, what that's what I'm hearing right now within my mind. Okay. Gotcha. I, I think we kind of glanced over a big one there. Aliens created the moon. Interesting. I've I've heard this theory before. I have always found the moon to be. I've always thought of it as like um, kind of like the lost ark type of deal where it's just there it's waiting for us there's got to be something going on in there or underground that 
that we might need to, you know, maybe find some puzzle or solve some riddle or something like that before we can have access to the to the greater technology. Well, what what I have read is that on the back side of the moon, you know, it's funny that we only see one side of the moon. It doesn't the moon doesn't rotate. We see the same um, the moon is always facing, just one side is facing us. And on the other side, supposedly, uh, is an entrance to the inner side of the moon. And the moon is hollow. And how they know this is that I don't know if they set up an explosion or something happened on the moon where it had a ringing effect I more than... Uh, like an explosion, it was like a vibration as if the whole moon vibrated as if it was hollow. Like a bell. So only, only what I have read. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I've, I remember that there, it was like it was ringing a bell, which was very exactly. interesting to me. And it's always exactly. been interesting that we have these perfect eclipses. Everything just lines up perfectly. Like it's just screaming at us that something more is going on. Well, there's something else um, interesting about the moon. And I, I tell you what, I can't off the top of my head, this off the top of my head, but the distance between Earth and the moon is like, um, geez, I think it's 108 times the distance from the Earth to the sun. Some, some, there's some number 108 times the distance from there. That number 108 means something. And eight and one is nine. It's a spiritual number. It means completion. So um, I don't know, Nick. I wish, you know, I could have done a little bit more research if I knew we were going to discuss this. I didn't know we were going to discuss this until last night. So I wouldn't have been able to give you much, give you uh, much notice on it. So it's all right. What what are what okay. are some of the other stuff? What's some of the other stuff that you're interested in that you, you've got off the top of your head that you can ring at us? Anything you want to talk about? Yeah. I'll you... tell you what, Nick. I have been uh, trained by the Golden Ones. They're uh, spiritual teachers, and they have literally appeared to me. All right? And so they appeared to me, and they have taught. I had to experience many things in life, and they've taught me many things in life. And I see my purpose as sharing that knowledge to to help people overcome obstacles in their life. Like for an example, Nick, very quickly, do you have any fears? Oh, of course. course. Uh, Can I I demonstrate with you removing your major fear? What just one of your major fears right now? It takes about 10 seconds. Dying alone. Dying alone. Okay. All right. You want to remove that uh, fear from you? Absolutely. Okay. Here's what we do. Fears are located in your subconscious, which is your third chakra. I don't know if you know chakras or not. Your third, your third chakra is above your navel, above your belly button. Okay. Put your left hand above your belly button. <laughs> That's okay. Your right hand on your heart. Okay. All right. Now, think about the fear of dying alone. All right. Okay. Say this after me. This feeling is not mine. This feeling is not mine. This feeling does not belong to me. 
This feeling does not belong to me. I release this feeling in love. I release this feeling in love. Now and forever. Now and forever. Amen. 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 All right, Nick, now try and find that feeling in your body. I do feel relaxed. I feel open. A uh, little can bit, you, little bit damped, but no, not can no you fear. Feel? No fear. No, that feeling is gone, all right? See, what happens is, is that the purpose of the conscious mind is to validate everything we put into the subconscious mind. Yeah. So what happens is our, we listen to authority figures, teachers, parents, government, and they tell us something and we believe it to be true. So we put it into our subconscious mind as a truth. And fears are like a taking on your iPhone a bad picture. You take a bad picture, you want to take it off, you just delete it. This, this technique deletes all fears, all unhealthy feelings, all thoughts of judgmentals and so forth off your light body. Um, because when, when you have these off your light body, you vibrate it at a higher frequency. So if you have your dreams, and your desires will manifest sooner because you'll vibrate at a higher frequency, uh, like invoking the universe that this is my dream, I'm vibrating, give it to me. And you're vibrating at that frequency because you're just, you're just free. You're freer and you're vibrating at a, a higher frequency. Now, those that are in fear, they don't vibrate at a very high frequency. Because, and then what happens is the universe does not hear their desires or their dreams, so they can't synchronize uh, life experiences to bring those manifestations into a reality for that soul that is not vibrating at a higher frequency. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> it does. I feel like um, – so this is something I've dealt with recently. I like obviously have one hand. I was on workers comp for a long time and I was collecting a paycheck based on my injury. I ended up going through school and towards the end of school, when it finally hit me like, Oh, you're not going to get paid anymore. It, it really, I was really feeling that one heavy. It was weighing on me heavy. What am I going to do to pay my bills? How am I going to go back to work and make the type of money that I need to make? And I did something similar where I asked, I said, God, Please get help me to get through this mess is essentially what I was saying. And I didn't know what to expect. Nothing really happened. I didn't, I was just kind of stuck. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what type of job I'm going to do. I was a bartender before I got hurt. Like, I, am I really going to go bartend four days a week? You know what I mean? Like, it's just not something that I was thinking I was going to be able to do. So a couple days later, my roommate comes to me and he asks me, hey, I, I pay attention to the economy. So he goes, do you think it's going to be a good time for me to buy a house next year? And I, you know, we start going at it. And I go, you know, I don't know. I said, if I was you, I'd buy property and build a house. And at that point, I, I pulled out my house plans and I just started showing him about this building that I had designed. I was going to, I had designed like a, a garage with a, with a granny unit in it to go on the side of my property. And I'm looking at that and I go, why did I, why did I hang this up? 
Like, there's my money. Here's my money. And within a couple of days, I decided, well, I'm not going to build that. Now I'm going to turn my dining room into a bedroom and rent that out. And there's my job. It's all done. I, I'm making the type of money that I need to survive right now. Any any job that I get will just be extra. And it, it just worked itself right out. Now, Nick, you did something that most people are not aware of. This is a spiritual training school. And our angels and spiritual teachers cannot help us unless we ask for help. And what you did is you asked for help. When you ask for help, they can help you. They cannot interfere with our lives unless we ask for help. And what you did is you reached out, you asked for help, and they guided you to where you could make your money. And I True. and I felt like asking for help is the way to do it. Like if you ask for something to be done for you, you can't expect it to be done. Like, hey, just drop a bunch of money in my lap so I don't have yeah. to do this. That's never going to happen. But help. I feel like when somebody comes to me for help, I'm more than willing to help if I have that ability. So for somebody who has that ability, they're going to go, yeah, sure. Thanks for asking. Exactly. 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 Very interesting. Good story. Interesting stuff. All right. So w tell me a little bit more about the golden ones, the, these uh, beings. What is that? A, is that a fair way to say? No, no. Well, no, no, they're co-creator gods. Okay. Right. Let's first let's first talk about who's God. Who who's God? There is no one person, one one entity that is God. God is a force. It's an energy, and we're created in the image and likeness. Now, if we're created in the image and likeness of God. Doesn't that make us a God? Yeah, I mean, Nick, I, Nick doesn't that tough, make us a God? It's a tough, it's a tough answer. I, to me, it, it seems like it's um, a bit self-centered uh, to think of of one as a God, but. At the same time, I, I do get where you're coming from on this, that if we are made in the image, then yes, we are the creators themselves. All right. So here is where Earth is a spiritual training school. When we're created, all of God's characteristics are embedded in our light body, but they're embedded in a raw form. It's like a nut falling off a tree. All the potential is in that shell, but until you plant that seed, that nut, it won't grow. So we are here planted in this earth spiritual training school, and through life experiences, we're learning how to discipline these raw emotions that got characteristics that are embedded in us and how to trans transition them from being raw emotion into God's feelings. Okay. And um, uh, we can talk about that um, if you want. But it has to go from your, your third chakra, which is your, your subconscious connected to your light body. And then it has to go through the nerve system from your, your solar plex to your brain over time where it's disciplined into a God feelings. And we do this through life's experiences where we learn what's right and what's wrong. 
And that's basically where karma comes in. There's no such thing as sin. The only time you you don't commit a sin, you commit a karma experience when you um, misuse one of God's energies, whether it's a person, uh, animal, plant, mineral. When you're abusive to one of God's creation, that's when you create karma. And that's where you have to learn from what you've done that was not in the best interest of creation. And you learn from that through life experiences. Yeah, and I totally buy that. I'm sure you can probably guess that I have done some things in my life that I am absolutely not proud of. And I think I've paid the price for it. (laughs) I've I've been able to realize and the worst thing is, is I knew it was wrong when I was doing it. I'm not one of these people who wasn't taught right from wrong as a child or something like that. I knew I, when I was robbing and stealing shit from people, like I knew it was wrong and I did it anyways. And I have absolutely paid the price for it. <laughs> exactly. And, and you know, and you're, and you won't do it again. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. No, no, no. And when I see people doing it, I say, stop, stop, stop. Because it's interesting. Like, It took me, I don't know, until the last few years to actually grasp the fact that you you don't get away with anything. Just because someone doesn't catch you or someone doesn't see you does not mean that you got away with it. Now, let me tell you that this God energy, we're in this spiritual training school, and there's a God energy that monitors every thought, word, deed, and intention that we have. So what happens is when we go outside the guidance of what's good for this training school, there's, you know, when you do something good, you get a good feeling. Yeah. You know, when you do something bad, you get something in your solar plex area that tells you, "Mm, this doesn't feel good. I'm not doing something, I'm lying. I'm stealing. I'm not doing something right. All right. So um, you, we, we're adjusting to this God frequency that's within us that is monitoring everything we do, every thought, word, deed, and action. And based on how we think in our intentions, then they create life experiences for us to where we either repay karma or we learn Uh, wisdom through the life experiences. And eventually that's our purpose is to learn wisdom, come into a God consciousness and uh, ascend from this uh, spiritual training school. And so how do now the golden ones, now the golden ones are co-creator gods that have that graduated from this earth training school. And what happens to us is when we graduate in, we're from the, we're from the Milky Way galaxy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Earth, our star system is just one star of over 400 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. I think they're up so to a trillion many, now. Are they up to a trillion now? I think so. It just keeps getting more and more and more. And now the universe uh, you know, is, is supposedly twice as old as they thought it was in a new study. Well, I read once that there's over 200 billion uh, galaxies, and then a week later, it's up to 400 billion yeah. galaxies. And so, like you're saying, it keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. So we're only just one star in the Milky Way galaxy. So what happens is there's many star systems that 
when you um, achieve a level within your solar system, your star system, you come to the Galactic Council that governs this training school and you qualify to come to Earth. When you come to Earth to train to become a co-creator God, all right, after graduation, you become a co-creator God to go to another solar system, so like the golden ones are here, to help those souls on that solar system. So that's our mission. So that's what the golden ones tell me is our mission here, that we come here out of our love and sincerity to serve God, and uh, that's our intention. Now, is there a ranking between, like, Earth and other habitable worlds, like, is Earth high school and then Arcturus is that uh, middle school and then is there an elementary school or all the, are we all kind of on the same level? Earth is see what why Earth is once we graduate from Earth we're a co-creator God. There's other dimensions like the Archerians are in the seventh dimensions and the Palladians are in the fifth dimension. Um, Earth is just where everybody wants to come to so that they, they want to come here to serve God. I mean, in their, in their light body, that is their intention, that they want to serve God to be the, the best servant to God. When we come here, we lose all recognition and recollection of who we were from our star system. So we, we come here and it's like, Man, I'm hungry. What do I do? I'm yeah. going to steal. I'm going to abuse somebody. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I need to survive. And through surviving, we learn about cause and effect, karma. And that's how they teach us by coming here and, and being dumb and so forth. I'm a big sci-fi guy. Always have been. And uh, I think one of the best sci-fi shows of all time was Battlestar Galactica. And in Battlestar Galactica, they're, you know, humanoid type people that come from a different system. And when they get to Earth, they go, my God, look at this place. It's incredible. There's more land on this one continent than all seven, or I mean, more animals on this one continent than all seven of our, of our planets combined. And then in newer, in newer science fiction, Earth is always a shithole. Compared to this, oh, we're going to go to this other planet, and it's so great. And I've always thought that is so strange because I, Earth is such an amazing place. There's so much life. There's so much. You can just watch one documentary about the rainforest and just be like, my God, I can't believe that we actually live on this place. And I've always found it strange that people think that there's going to be something better out there, like there could be anything much better than this. Nick, how do you think Earth got populated with all the different types of animals, insects, plants, and so forth? It's a collection from all the solar systems that they put everything here so a soul training to become a co-creator God can experience everything and learn wisdom from everything. The, the animals actually, in reality as a uh, replicate of what the people look like, like on these other solar systems. Um, lizards and elephants, there's people that look like elephants and lizards. In fact, if you study India philosophy, yeah. they have gods like that. Yeah. Exactly like that. The big elephant so, god with all the arms and stuff. Exactly. So 
Earth has everything here for us to learn. And our, our greatest scientists cannot figure out how an elephant got here or a giraffe. And, and supposedly we didn't come from monkeys. I mean, this is just something that they conjure up to so that we don't come into the realization of actually who we are. If people knew, uh, first of all, in the spiritual training school, Archangel Lucifer, who they dubbed as the devil, is, is not a devil. His role is to make sure that we are in light. His, his name is bringer of light, which means he brings each soul into light through temptation. He'll keep tempting us until we overcome the temptations, all the temptations. Then we come into the light of a co-creator God and Lucifer has done his job. That's his role is to tempt us. Now, a lot of people will surrender and Lucifer will offer you money, prestige, fame, glory, and so forth. Uh, like a lot of people in Hollywood will sell their mm -hmm. soul for money and such and such and such and such. Um, and Lucifer will say, all right, you have to sacrifice one of your loved ones or you have to do this, you have to do that to show homage to me or you have to kill a child and drink their blood and, and so forth. The things that the people in Hollywood will do to maintain their, what, longevity, so they think, or their power, or their status. Yeah. So it's, it's Lucifer's here, he's real, and uh, it's just part of our training agenda to overcome his temptations that his, his job's not done until he can tempt you in every facet of your being so that you have uh, disciplined everything to come into that God consciousness of um, coming into the light. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, if I, I've always looked at like back to the moon again. If I had to like guess as a sci-fi guy, I would have said somebody out there had a bunch of life. Maybe there's another planet, whatever. There's a bunch of life on that planet. And what are you going to do? You're going to spread. So they sent a probe looking for a good planet and they found one and they dropped it all here and it all came from the moon. But I, I like the idea of there being a spiritual aspect to it as well. So what are these other alien civilizations like? Are they like us? Are they more warlike? Are they more peaceful? Is the spirituality the same? Do, like, do they have the same type of religions that we do, you think? Well, what happened was is when they sent the bomb off in Tokyo in, I think, 1946, yeah. um, that, that atomic explosion sent a ripple through space, and it interfered with all space travel and communications outside of Earth. So it got the attentions of other aliens, and they start monitoring what was going down here on Earth. And what they've done on several occasions, they've gone to nuclear um, sites, power sites around the world, and they shut down the reactors just to show, only for like maybe about an hour or so, just to show that they control this and so forth. United States has tried to put a nuclear weapon in space to use um, a nuclear missile in space as a weapon. And when they launched it, 
It was shot down. It could not get out of the atmosphere because these extraterrestrials, um, the good ones, um, do, do not want anything. If you're not in uh, a consciousness of harmony, balance, order, and unity for the good of creation, then you're not allowed to travel in space. If it's not your intention, they will not let you come into space. Everybody outside of this Earth Spiritual Training School works together in harmony, balance, order, and unity for the good of all. Now, there are some extraterrestrials that have mischievous intentions, but we are protected by the Ashtar Command, which is a spiritual space police force that monitors who comes to Earth and who doesn't. They allow some extraterrestrials to come um, to like do crop circles. You've heard of crop oh, yeah. circles, right? Yeah, yeah. Where, okay. these, where these crop circles are, are created overnight. They will allow those come in because what they're doing is teaching little by little um, affecting the consciousness of the people on the earth here. There's, there's life outside of earth that is um, you need to become aware of. It's just a little something to get you thinking about um, overcoming the propaganda that's on this planet with uh, the governments tell us to do and so forth. Yeah, we've got these UFO hearings going on right now, and I, I've dug a lot into this stuff, and I, I don't think they're actually trying to blow the lid off of anything, <laughs> if if we're being serious. I... What do you, how do you think people will react when they finally find out that there are other alien civilizations out there? I've always been under the assumption that like, nobody's going to care. They're going to go, yeah, we've, we've known this forever. But as I've gotten older, I'm not sure I like the idea of a civilization who maybe does things completely different than we do having just a massive technological advantage on us. Just basically like space cops, space dad. I don't know that I like the idea of that. I think it's a, it's a little bit scary. What do you think? Well, Nick, let's, let's think about what is the purpose of earth. The purpose of earth is for each soul to come into the realization of their, of who they are created in the image and likeness of God. And that we are here to, discipline every aspect of the God characteristics that are embedded in us. So it's like, does it really make a difference if we become the best technology planet in the solar system? Yeah, no, 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 I, I'm more, I'm worried a little bit more about like the war aspect of the whole thing. I'm not I'm not worried about an invasion if they're if they wanted us, you know, gone, they would have the ability to do it no matter what. I'm not sure I like the idea of of daddy telling us what we can and can't do on our planet or off like, hey, you can you can hang out over here in this section of the solar system, but don't go over there. There's, you know, nothing over there. Don't worry about it. Just just stay in your area. But it seems like the spiritual aspect of it is is something that I'm not grasping as much. And like, okay. I under, no, I mean, I get it. I, I understand the problem is, is 
a lot of people on this planet have no idea that there's a spiritual war going on. They have no idea that there's anything beyond them. And a lot of them don't care. And a lot of them are very evil and are willing to, you know, here in America, we, we've been destroying the Middle East for democracy for the last, you know, 20 years. I, I just hate the idea of, hey, we're going to go democracy building on other planets or the, the, the app, you know, the opposite where somebody else is going to come in and democracy build here. Well, it's not for democracy we're doing oh, it in the Middle not. East. It's for money. Yeah. It's oh, for money. No, I, I was joking about the democracy part. Yeah, That's just what just they like, like to say. It's all for democracy. Just, yeah. just like Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. nothing but a money laundering uh, operations where we send money to Ukraine. Ukraine uh, laundries it and sends it back to uh, the political leaders here. Yeah to keep it coming for their own welfare. Right into Raytheon. Right, right into Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. It's it's all, they found a, oh, we have a, we had a, an accounting error in the Pentagon. Oh, look it, we found another $2 billion for Ukraine. And they don't send the money to Ukraine, they send the money to Lockheed Martin. <laughs> and exactly. Lockheed Martin sends old weapons to Ukraine and they build new ones for our military. It's, yeah, like you said, it's a total joke. All right. What's it's, the? It's a total show. So now let me ask you something, Nick. Did you get the shot for the coronavirus? Absolutely not. Absolutely. Oh, not. good for you. <laughs> I'm not putting that poison into my body. No, thank you. <laughs> it it was funny just, because I've been through the ringer with doctors. Like, uh, just they tell you that there's an opioid crisis. Oh, the doctors just hand them out like candy. No, like it. I've just gone through the ringer and right away, like two or three weeks in, I was like, Oh, this whole doctors or heroes thing is going to go down the drain real freaking quick because <laughs> doctors are just corporate freaking sellouts, just like the rest of them. Oh, take this, take that. As long as they get a kickback for it. Yeah. And it's Dr. all Foster. about their insurance. They're terrified about insurance for me. They would rather me live in pain all day and be miserable than risk me like doing something stupid while under their insurance it's it's a real nightmare exactly exactly yeah uh that's interesting well i say that because we talked about the coronavirus because that was one scare that what they want to do i say they the corrupt people who are now there's three levels of training in this spiritual training school okay you've got the the egotistical level, the low level, the uh, new souls are here and they're working out of the ego. Then you've got the spiritual man that's that's evolving above the ego level and he's starting to take responsibility for his family, his life, his employer. And then you've got the people, the co-creator gods, who are actually consciously attempting to be the best person they can be. So what we have right now is the people that are on the lower part of the um, training, which they're operating out of the ego, uh, abusing others for their own greed, power, and so forth. Now, what they're going to do in the future, they tried to use the coronavirus to depopulate the planet because there's too many people on the, this planet, they feel, and they cannot control too many people. The less people there are, the easier it is to control them. So the next scare is going to be, uh, Nick, is going to be 
invasion from extraterrestrials. Yep. Now, yep. they already have the spaceships from reverse engineering in, in um, I don't know, New Mexico. Yeah, they already have yeah. these Roxwell. They already have these spaceships. So it's just going to be a matter of time where they're going to try and scare the population to do something they want them to do and so forth. But it's all a fear tactic because if you're in fear, you, the, the conscious mind can only hold one thought at a time. If you're in fear, then you cannot be thinking about creating your dreams and desires and bringing your what you want to bring into manifestations because you're going to say, oh, but what if there's, what if there's an evasion or, or what if I get the coronavirus or what if I get ill? Or what if I don't hear? How can you be thinking about you know, manifesting your realities and your dreams if your conscious mind is not focused on what it is that you want to bring into manifestations. So they use all types of fear tactics to uh, keep us dumbed down so we don't, because if we're dumbed down, they can control us. But if we're free thinkers, then they cannot control you. Yeah, this is something I was thinking about the other night. I was looking up at the stars and uh, I'm, you know, this is another thing I've been struggling with lately is this, this UFO deal. My, my default is usually that government is evil. There's a lot of people out there that will say, oh, they're not evil. They're just corrupt and dumb and blah, blah, blah. This is one where I struggle. Like I know they're evil enough to do a back engineering program. I don't know if they're competent enough enough to do a back engineering program. I've heard people saying recently that the, I don't know what's going on with my camera. I've heard people saying recently that the Roswell UFO got struck by lightning and crashed. I, I built power lines. We had lightning arresters on power lines. There, lightning's not typically going to take out the power in your house, but it can take down a, a UFO. What do you think about that? Well, from what I've heard, the Germans brought down uh, UFOs. And how they did it accidentally was with radar. For some reason, a radar signal interferes with their signals and it causes them to crash. And that's what I've read and uh, heard how the Germans did it accidentally uh, during World War II because that's when they, um, I don't know if you knew that the Germans had uh, uh, downed a UFO and captured, had um, extraterrestrials captured, and they tried to use it. In fact, they used that technology to, I think they build a airplane out of it or yeah. some type of a special ship or something. They called to it the give bell. Them it was called the bell, and it was supposedly like hovered in between a couple of pillars. I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. So that's why at the end of World War II, the technology went to Russia and the scientists came to America so that America could develop um, future weapons. Yeah. 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 It's a uh, I I these weapon manufacturers, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, they're so evil with just standard munitions i can't imagine what they would do if they broke out the big guns i mean i even let's say they don't have ufos which they probably do let's say they don't they still have stuff that's 50 years ahead of what we can even imagine and ugh, gosh the thought of them 
having something that cannot be taken down, like a, a, a fighter plane that can't be taken down by standard munitions is just terrifying. I don't know what these people would do with it. <laughs> Nick, um, you, you remember, do you remember 21 December 2012? It was supposed to be the end of the Mayan calendar, yeah. right? Well, it wasn't the end of the Mayan calendar. What it was the end of, uh, every 25,000, I think it's uh, 920 years, our solar system takes a journey around the galactic center. And so what happened on that day, it was the end of the orbit of Earth going around the galactic center and it, and our solar system migrated from a third dimension reality to a fifth dimension reality. Now in a third dimension reality, that's the reality of greed, egotistical, abusiveness and so forth. Now we're in the fifth dimension reality vibrating, our solar system vibrated at, is vibrating at that reality and everybody on the planet has to vibrate at that vibration which is a consciousness of love, harmony, balance, order, and unity for the good of all. Now, it started in 2012, and we are in the golden age. There is no reason to die now, as long as your intentions are for the oneness of creation, you take care of your body, you take care of negative energies around you, and there's no reason why you need to go through the birth, death, rebirth cycle. Now, Nick, there's a formula for perfect health. I don't know if you know it or not. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I don't. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, you, well, we're talking about internal health. Okay. okay. Now, Nick, I only have one eye. I lost an eye when I was 18 years old when I was in the military. Okay, so uh, I personally, I'm thankful that I lost an eye and not a hand. All right, yeah. um, and maybe you're 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 you appreciate losing a hand more than an eye. I don't know. Oh no. But so here is the formula: your body, your body, your blood needs to be. Um, an alkaline base of 7.14. If your if your blood is 7.14 alkaline, no disease can live in your body. Now, what causes the alkalinity in your body to go below 7.14 is our digestive system. Our digestive system creates an acid. If we're eating too much of the wrong foods and so forth, then what happens is the, the acid in the body will lower the alkalinity in the blood, and then a disease can um, take place in, the, in your body. But if you keep your alkalinity up, then no disease can live in your body, not even a cancer, a virus, a common cold, the sniffles, nothing. Now, how they proved this was there was a scientist back in 1934 that won a Nobel Peace Prize by proving that cancer cannot survive in 
that cancer only survives in a diseased uh, acid environment. So now the formula to instantly raise your alkalinity is um, one half squeezed lemon juice, half a teaspoon of baking soda, 10 ounces of water. You take that and instantaneously your alkalinity in your blood will raise. Now, if you have a, a long-term illness like cancer or brain tumor, you would have to drink maybe two or three of these a day to until you start feeling better and, and getting control of your health. But I have been in China for mm, 10 years, almost 10 years, and I've been ill only once and that was after I took the coronavirus shot here. And I, I had to take the shot here in China yeah. because it was mandatory for your visa. So I had to take the shot. So I got ill with it. And um, but that's the only time in nine years, over nine years, I've been ill in China because I keep the alkalinity level in my blood. No colds, no viruses, no flus, no sniffles, nothing, Nick. So just there's on my website, um, there's an article, you can take pH strips, put them in your mouth, and you can, um, uh, it will tell you what your alkalinity level is. Yeah. If it's low, lemon juice, baking soda, 10 ounces of water. I don't, you know, these doctors know this, but rather, there's no money in lemon and baking soda and water. You can't, there's no money in it. That's crazy. You know, I, I, like I said, I rent rooms out in my house and I had two guys in the same room, one after another, ha start having strokes after they had the coronavirus vaccine. Within a couple weeks after it, they started having strokes. Yeah. Nasty stuff. I, whew, I, it's unfortunate that you had to put that poison in your body, but at least you know how to like keep your body where it needs to be and battle that crap and get it out of you. I know there's a couple different doctors who have put out, I think McCullough and another one have put out these, these lists of how to expel that spike protein from your body. So if you got, if you got the, the vaccine, they'll tell you, take this, take this, take this, and it will expel that crap from your body. You know, um, someone told me that there's a there was a doctor in Spain that said if you take uh, lemon verbena, lemon verbena, it's a tea, it will take that protein out of your body. Interesting. And I've been drinking, <laughs> I've been drinking that tea for the past, um, golly day, two months, maybe six weeks, and I can feel my body getting better. Because one of the symptoms of the coronavirus is that your memory, you lose your memory. Um, and my son, my son got the coronavirus in the United States. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm having trouble with my memory. And he said, oh, he says, yeah, that's just a side effect. He says, after he had the coronavirus, he went to a job interview and they asked some questions. <laughs> he says, I couldn't answer anything. Yeah. He says his memory, it took him a year to get his memory back uh, after the coronavirus. And he said he feels better now in memory. But I've noticed that it, I, 
I couldn't remember people's names. My friends, gemstones, couldn't remember them and so forth. But I'm getting better now with uh, re-educating myself with this lemon vibina as a tea. You know, lemon it's, it's really vibina. hard losing your memory. Like I, I used to have a steel trap for a memory. I can remember song lyrics from when I was a kid, you know, just random stuff. I remember all the phone numbers that I used to know as a kid. But after this accident, man, my memory is just toast and it sucks. You know, as you were talking about that lemon drink, something else came to mind and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember hearing early on that sailors used to drink lime and some other type of tonic with their water and it would keep them from getting sick. I I can't remember if it was lemon or lime and there was something else, but it was Anyways, the these sailors were able to keep themselves from getting sick because the water was poison back then. Nobody drank right. water back in the 1700s because it was all just poison. So they had to add lime or lemon to it to keep it from going bad. So that's that's an interesting an interesting tidbit. You know, that is interesting, Nick. And, you know, if you ever find out what the, what those sailors added yeah. for their health, I'd be interested. I'm always interested in um, natural things um, that heal the body. Yeah, it was uh, vitamin and D I- and something else. I can't remember what the other there was. A, a, it was a one of the vitamins that they were recommending essentially originated in this drink. They were able to to make the gosh. I'll have to find it after the show and I'll send it to you because you'll definitely find yeah, it. Yeah, please do. Yeah, now it's, well, now it's going to bug me <laughs> because I'm coming up. Uh, you know, I write articles for my website, and, and my next article, well, later down in a couple of weeks, is natural things for the body um, to heal the body, and uh, I have a list of things that are good for the body, like uh, lavender oils for uh, insects and mosquito bites and so forth. Uh, Just little things like that, that will help somebody. Here in China, I've been here for, I told you, like over nine years. I have never been bitten by a mosquito. You're lucky. And the mosquitoes here are black. Now, the kids, when they get bit by a mosquito they get blistered the size of a quarter will happen on their uh, mosquito bite and it gets infested. And so what I do is I give all my students a bottle of lavender oil. So if they get bit by a mosquito, they just can rub it on and instantaneously, you know, within minutes, stop the, uh, the itching and the swelling and so forth. So those are the things that I like to do is share with the world National remedies to heal the body. So if you find it, Nick, that article, please send it to me. I, I will love to include it. I will. Yeah. yeah, man. The mosquitoes are up here are so bad. They actually hurt when they bite you, which I have always heard that like that's bad for evolution. They didn't you want to if you want to live, you want to bite somebody and have it not hurt. And I have to spray poison all over my yard. I just did it again last night. Uh. It sucks, but like Otherwise, you can't be out there. As soon as the sun goes down, you just get attacked and you feel them all over you. They'll bite you through your clothes. It's gnarly. Lavender oil. Yeah, I was actually, my mom was just showing me some plants the other day. She was like, if we plant these in your backyard, they say mosquitoes don't like it. Hey, my camera's back. And 
And uh, it's something that was similar to lavender. It even looks like lavender. She was pointing it out to me the other day, and I was like, is that it? And she goes, nope, that's lavender. So that's that's an interesting thing, man. Right? You know, the freaking natives that lived here 10,000 years ago, they weren't bothered by mosquitoes. I guarantee it. They figured something out. Well, you know, it's crazy that here in China, they've never been bitten by a mosquito. It's nuts. Ne- and it's like, I don't know if it's something that they don't like to, um, my body is uh, doing that. I just don't know. But that's, I appreciate it. Interesting. So something I was thinking about earlier when you were talking, and I figured I'd circle back to it here, was you were talking about we move from one dimension to another, from four to five. I've always thought of this. I'd never thought of it this way, but I had always thought of a dimension as being like a physical thing. So like two dimensions is a shadow. Three dimensions is us. Four dimensions is us moving. And then fifth dimension would be something else. Like I always kind of pictured like if you plucked me out of this dimension and put me into a different dimension, it it would be weird. There would maybe gravity wouldn't work or, you know, maybe just things wouldn't be different. Now, maybe we wouldn't even survive in it. But the way you're describing it is more of a spiritual shift than like an actual physical shift. Is that correct? It is. It's a it's a uh, a spiritual shift. My, my teachers, the golden ones, were on this planet uh, over ten thousand years ago, and they had a school in Lemuria. And what happened was there was a cataclysmic event on earth that sent earth into from vibrating from the fifth dimension into the third dimension and the vibration was so dense that they had to leave the planet and they didn't come back to this planet until um i got visited in uh it was i think like may of uh, 1983 i got visited by one where uh, he appeared to me in my meditation. And, and Nick, I could see him as clearly as I'm looking at you right now in my mind's eye. It just opened up and there he was. And he gave me a necklace. And I went out and had a uh, replicate of the necklace. It was a spiritual necklace that came from his neck, floated across from him to me. I mean, it's in my mind yeah. and so forth. And then I was in New Zealand in October of 2012. And I'm in meditation, and a group of these beings, I didn't see them. I just felt their presence, and I knew there was more than one. And they came in on the left side, and I said, hello. I said, who are you? And they said, we come to join you. I says, okay, welcome, you know, welcome welcome to come in. Now, I've always had visitations by the angel of death, the lords of Amente, Thoth, um, entities from um, the Arturians, they were teaching me about um, um, this, this prayer to remove our fears. And so it was nothing for me to think that, okay, they wanted to join me, no big deal. Well, why they joined me then is because Earth was going from a third dimension into a fifth dimension frequency. This was October late October, and so November, December, um, Earth was going to get into the fifth dimension vibrational frequency so the golden ones could come back on Earth. So when this happened, I didn't know who the golden ones were until I was up in upstate New York, 
and I was doing my Kundalini yoga asana at 3.30 in the morning. And I, I've always talked to my teachers. They've, I've always had spirit guides talking to me and telling me things. And so I'm talking to them. And this was 3.30 in the morning, and they were telling me some things. And two days later, they woke me up uh, at 2.30 in the morning, and they said, go to your computer, and whatever you hear, just type it. So I did that. I went to my computer, and whatever was in my mind, I would just type it. I got to the end, and I, I read it, and I says, well, I can't sign my name to this because this, this, I don't, you know, I didn't write this. And I said, how should I sign it? And they said, sign it, the golden ones. Mm. So this was in February of 2013. Um, my God, that was how many years? 30 years after my visitation from the first golden ones, then I found out that this group of spiritual beings were called the golden ones. And then from that point on, they'd wake me up uh, at 2.30 every morning, and I would write something that they would channel to me. And uh, eventually I put out two books based on their channeling and their teachings. And um, that's how I got to know the golden ones. And then they started teaching me things. Now, I don't have to go into meditations now because they taught me a program back in 1983 when I was studying to become an ordained metaphysical minister, how to discipline my thinking where I could always be attuned to this God frequency in the brain. It's like a radio frequency where um, that, you know, you can think about dogs, you can think about insects, you can think about this, but when they want to talk to me, it overrides what I'm thinking and they can, it's like a stronger frequency and they can tell me something in the moment. And so, or else what I normally do, if I need to write something, I'll get up early in the morning where I can listen and I'll sit down and then I'll, I'll see what they want to say and so forth. So we all have this God frequency in our brain. Um, and I have a free program on the website. It's called the Ascension Master Program. And that's part of what we, we do. Now, you probably do it periodically, Nick, where you tune in, like, how did you, how did you get that guidance to go and pull up the money that you needed and so forth? They guided you. So, but once you do this program, it's like, you can always attune into it and um, receive the guidance. It's like riding a bike. Once you learn how to ride the bike. That's exactly where I was going to go. As as dirt bike racers, you're always searching for the zone. You want to be in the zone where you're just present. You're not thinking about what happens if I win, what happens if I lose, who's watching me on the side of the track, what sponsors am I going to get because of this. You're just there. You feel the bike. You can't even really hear anything. You feel every bump, every little rock that you're going over on the track. You're not tired. You're not working hard. You're just there. And people search for that. Sometimes people only get that feeling a couple times in their entire career. I can remember only a few times where I was actually out there and just fully present in the moment and feeling that energy going through the bike, through me, and just feeling one with the machine. There's something beautiful about motocross because I think it is the most in-tuned a person can be with a machine. Maybe a fighter jet could be a 
another step up, but a dirt bike is about as close as you can get to being in tune with a machine. Very interesting. But you're, you know, it's that frequency that you're in yep. and you're, you're in that frequency, right? You're on. in that frequency. Well, Tim, it was a pleasure having you on. We didn't even get to ayahuasca. We'll have to have you on again someday. Oh my God, oh. Nick. Nick, ayahuasca, oh my God, that is a story in itself. Yeah. Oh my God. We'll have to do it another time because I'd love to go into that. I wanted to get to it, but this was just so interesting that I had to let you just keep going. Tim, it was a pleasure having you on. We'll see you next time. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Good night. <laughs>